This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Talking a lot about the offensive line in hour number one of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Pro Football Focus has them ranked 29th, and so I asked the question, if that, in fact, is where they're ranked, if they're around that during the regular season, are the Raiders going to be able to go on the kind of run that everyone's expecting them to go on? With the offensive firepower that they have, is Derek Carr going to have enough time to be able to deliver the ball? Is Josh Jacobs, is Kenyon Drake, is Zamir White, is Brandon Bolden going to be able to run the rock? I mean, you know, there's, there's so many questions if the offensive line is not gelling. We saw a year ago, we saw early on in the season, it really be a struggle for the Raiders to try to run the ball. They had no run game because the offensive line just wasn't where it needs to be. Is it going to be at that level? Will it be better? So obviously his new coach is in, so now you know they have an opportunity to put their fingerprint on this. But that's a question I've been throwing out there to you at 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Aaron tweeted at us, I think the Raiders can hide the offensive line early in the season. I'm scared that mid-late, I'm scared that mid-to-late in the season when dudes get banged up, that's when not having a deep O-line is going to come back and bite the Raiders. So there's that. Because similar to what Vegas Pete said in the first hour, you know, you can, you can kind of scheme it up early in the season. You could work your way around the struggles that the offensive line might have while they're trying to gel. But Aaron brings up a good point. Are they able to do that later on, midseason, when that gauntlet comes up? I mean, you think about some of the rough patches of that schedule, especially the back end, the tail end of that, the last month, when that schedule is just a gauntlet, you know, you got the Chargers, you got the Patriots, you got the 49ers, you got the Steelers. I mean, you you got the Chiefs. I mean, you've got a hell of a last month of the season. Can your offensive line hold up then? And if it's still kind of a patchwork in progress, are you able to scheme it up? That's a good question. I, I like that. Th- thank you so much for that uh, that tweet, Aaron. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. He said, Q&D, honestly, I'm not reading into these preseason rankings on the Raiders offensive line being near the bottom of the league. Last year, we won 10 games, and I feel like the O-line is making strides here in the offseason by our front office. Yes, it'd be nice to add a veteran here. Let's see how training camp goes. We have to remember that Leatherwood having a year under his belt will hopefully benefit him in 2022. Here's the biggest question mark, as he was our first-round pick last season. I'm optimistic this season. Again, that goes from Sir Whiskey Ray. I can understand that. The problem, the only problem I see with waiting till you see what happens in training camp before you go add a veteran offensive lineman then training camp's already gone. So if it's, not, if it's not where it needs to be, and then they go and say, well, it's close towards the end of training camp, and we need to go quick, add an offensive lineman, will they have time to gel? For example, remember last offseason in training camp, the linebackers all went down. And so what did they do? They went out real quick and made a move for Denzel Perriman. That worked great because Denzel Perriman's a pro. You know, they traded for him. He came in. He knew the scheme of Gus Bradley, and he ended up being a pro bowler. End up being their best linebacker that they had, right? So that worked out really well. But the offensive line is a little bit different. Offensive linemen is not just about their ability. It's also their ability to gel with the man next to them. 
They've got to be able to do that. And that's why you see offensive linemen with each other all the time because they have to be on the same page. Them and the special teams unit, A.J. Cole, Daniel Carlson, Trent Sieg, those three guys, they go together all the time. You know why they go together all the time? Because they have to always be on the same page. Those three guys, it's, it's so important that they're always on the same page. Speaking of, I know my man Vegas Jess was out over the weekend. He took a picture with A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson. And he thought, hey, I think I saw Trent Sieg, but I'm not sure. Again, they run together. That's what special teams units do. The ones that are really good. Carlson, A.J. Cole, Trent Sieg, some of the best in the league. I'm interested to see how they continue to develop this year. I know there's some question marks that we brought up on the show here about the special teams unit, but I'm, I'm interested to see how they go. But we know right now they're one of the best units in the league. Offensive line is very similar. They have to, they have to all be on the same page. They have to be able to gel. So that's why I would bring in a veteran right now, and I would weed him out during training camp, right? I mean, obviously, you don't, practice is over, so there's nothing that they could do right now. But if you bring in a, a, a veteran before training camp, and you let them work, and maybe Leatherwood and, and Parker just outshine them. Then you could take that veteran and say, hey, thanks for your services, no thanks. Or you could say, hey, I got a quality backup. It's always good to have quality backup because we know injuries happen in this game. So that's why I think that that needs to be addressed. What do you think? 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Hey, thank you, Q. Uh, who is that, Jared? No, no, it's Ari. Oh, Ari. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you guys for taking my call. Um, so, yeah, just to reiterate basically what you were saying, I think uh, that second year for, for Leatherwood is going to make a big difference. Also, I like the idea of bringing in vets beforehand. I thought Nick Martin was a good guy to have there since he doubled as a center and a guard. Mm -hmm. I would have liked him back. I thought that was a solid piece to have in, in just in our back pocket just in case something didn't work out. You know, he's a vet. He knew what he was doing. But I don't think that that 29th ranking is good. I mean, going off what they saw last year, I can see why they put him there. But this will be the second year for those guys being all together right. in that formation. And uh, in theory, we should have good back mm -hmm. and uh, for that to be able to play it. And he had won that spot. I think it should be a lot better than it was last year. Not to mention, I I can't imagine that McDaniel is gonna know that they've had these uh, line issues and have Cart sitting back there in the pocket waiting forever. I I imagine that they're gonna have a lot of underneath stuff go quick because that's one of the things that has made. His offense is so good is that those short and intermediate routes are, are just a, a killer to opposing defenses. So I and Carr is one of the QBs that has that ball out of his hand in no time. So I think that while it is a hindrance to the run game mainly, I don't see it being too bad on the pass game other than the ones where we want deep shots. But since dude's not playing chess, I imagine that he's going to be setting those shots up and it, it won't hurt us too bad. Okay. Obviously, we want to get back up into the to the top 15 with both the defense and the offensive line. But right now, I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, but I totally agree with you. I think we need at least another veteran or two before training camp so that if the guys that we have are the guys that we're going to start, we know that for sure. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Stay I cool. 
Right. We'll do. We'll do. Appreciate the call, Fargo. It's good stuff. It's always great to hear from you. And again, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Mike Renner, who will join our show tomorrow at 2.30, he has projected Colton Miller at the left tackle position, Denzel Good at the left guard, Andre James at center, Dylan Parham, the rookie at right guard, and Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. So that's the that's the projected five right there from Mike Renner, according to Pro Football Focus, as he has the Raiders offensive line ranked at number 29. So we'll continue to take your calls. We'll get your texts as well. Uh, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Right now, let's jump into Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go ahead and start off with a guy who used to be in the AFC West, and that's Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's now with the Miami Dolphins. He goes from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa. And I've been a guy that I believe Tua is a good quarterback. I like Tua. I like Tua a lot coming out of Alabama. I like Alabama players in general. I'll be the first to tell you. I'm at the house yelling, roll tide all day. You know, the, the, the wife gets tired of hearing it, but she hears it. It's, it's like stuck in her head. She knows two things in our house. Just win, baby, and roll tide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what she knows as a matter of fact. Right? So, I respect the hell out of Tua, but I just knew coming out of college that injury that he had to the hip was problematic for me. It's just me. I, I didn't like it. I thought that that was a, a, you know, a bad way to go into the league. And obviously, he had, to, he had to make that move to the league because, look, he couldn't afford to get injured anymore. So, he goes. He's in Miami. And we've seen him struggle at times. Hell, we saw him struggle here at Allegiant Stadium. We saw him get pulled at the end of the game for a relief pitcher when Ryan Fitzpatrick went into the game and, and, and threw just about the winning touchdown to Matt Collins, who, by the way, is now a Raider wide receiver. That's when he got behind Damon Arnett. That's when Arden Key was yanking on Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, face mask, tried to rip off his head, still completed the pass. But the only reason Fitzpatrick was in the game is because Tua was bad. So Tyreek Hills, now a member of the Miami Dolphins. We've seen Miami's uh, social media team. I don't think they do a very good job of promoting Tua very well. We've seen him throwing deep balls to Tyreek Hill where Tyreek Hill's basically waiting for the ball to come down where he's at instead of hitting him in stride where most wide receivers would like the ball to be, like Patrick Mahomes has done. I think Tyreek Hill is a hell of a weapon. I think that those weapons that they have in Miami could be fantastic. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and others, I mean, they could have a great offense there in Miami. My question is the trigger man. Well, Tyreek Hill, he has his own podcast now, and he doesn't question the trigger man. As a matter of fact, he wants us to believe the trigger man in Miami is more accurate than the trigger man in Kansas City. As far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have, the deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Or nah. do you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run? I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70, and the and, rest is history. And again, this is not a shot at anybody. Right. This is just stuff that had to be said. It right? needed to be said. It needed so let's to be said. said. It, it did not need to be said. <laughs> It was a problem that he said it, okay? When I heard him say that, and I've seen ESPN throw up the stats where, oh, well, actually, Tua's completion percentage is a little bit higher than Patrick Mahomes. Look, man, I don't need no numbers. You know, we talked about pro football focus. We talked about the analytics side of things. When it comes to Tua Tagovailoa and Patrick Mahomes, I don't need no numbers. You know what I trust in that situation? My eyes. And what my eyes tell me is 15 is better than the quarterback in, in, uh, in Miami, and it's not even close. It's not even close. So I get it. You know, I get, you know, don't, don't bite the hand that's going to feed you. I get it. He's, he wants to be, you know, he wants to be the guy and, and make him feel good about himself. But let's make no mistake about it. If it comes down to Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes all day, every day. 
If you could pick the quarterback that you want, you're not picking Tua over Patrick Mahomes. I don't care who you are. I don't care. And I don't care what scenario you're in. There's not one thing that Tua does better than Patrick Mahomes. He might not even throw a better left-handed ball than, than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, seriously. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But he might not even throw a better left-handed ball than Patrick Mahomes. And he's lefted. He's a lefty. Moving on. <laughs> Just, I mean, I think that's enough said. Is there, okay, is there, let me ask you, or Ari, let me ask you. Is there one thing that Tua does better than Patrick Mahomes, in your opinion? Does he have a little brother? <laughs> he does. His little brother's better. That's, yeah. That's all I got, literally. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. His little brother Only is, thing. everybody's little brother is better than Patrick Mahomes' little brother. Jackson is annoying. But that's it. That's it. That is absolutely it. So there you go. There's one. Ari came through like the first of the month with one. How about former Raider head coach Jack Del Rio? He deletes Twitter. I don't want to get into all the political issues that he stirred up the other day, but he was fined $100,000 by Ron Rivera. I've said it many times, you can have your feelings about whatever you want. You're, you're, that's your right to have your feelings about anything and everything. And you don't have to ever agree with me. I don't ever have to agree with you. Sometimes you just shouldn't say it out loud. And so when Jack Del Rio, in the position that he's in, should not have said what he said out loud. Ron Rivera finds him $100,000. He's uh, very active on Twitter until he is no longer active on Twitter. He has deleted his Twitter account. So that happened over the weekend. Today, Carlos Dunlap is visiting with the Panthers. Two-time Pro Bowl free agent is visiting with the Panthers today. Apparently, he did a lot of um, the, the physical and you know just those kind of those tests today. And then he's going to go through with the free agent visit uh, tomorrow. So it sounds like to me, and this is just me reading the tea leaves, as long as his physical and everything was good, he's probably a guy the Panthers are going to go sign. And Carlos Dunlap still has a little bit left in the tank. He's not the end-all, be-all. You know, I remember there was uh, when he was a Cincinnati Bengal and there was reports that he was going to be on his way out. Raider fans wanted the Raiders to go sign him. I was like, eh. He's, I mean, he's, he's good. He went to Seattle, and he was, you know, he was okay. So now he's a free agent, and I feel like he's most likely going to sign with the Panthers, but that'll probably happen tomorrow. Earlier today, the Raiders made official the signing of cornerback Chris Jones. Not that Chris Jones. When I saw, when I saw the name Chris Jones at first, Jordan Schultz uh, from Yahoo had actually uh, sent me a direct message on Twitter and was like, hey, Chris Jones is signing with the Raiders. And I was like, oh! And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Chris Jones, cornerback Chris Jones. So it was not the Chris Jones that everyone thinks about who currently plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, this Chris Jones is a six foot, 200 pound cornerback. He's in the fourth year in the league, spent time with the Lions, the Cardinals, the Vikings, and the Tennessee Titans. And as a matter of fact, I reached out to Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans for ESPN like a glove, and I said, any thoughts on cornerback Chris Jones? He's signing with the Raiders. He said, mostly just a practice squad player. He was activated for a few games, but nothing of significance. That's from Teron Davenport. Now, I've seen other people say, oh, man, he's really good. That's a really good signing. I'm going to go with the guy who covers the team and I, and I trust. Teron Davenport does an absolute great job covering the Tennessee Titans. And so I just asked him straight up what his thoughts were. And, well, I just read you what they were. So Chris Jones, he's just more competition added to that, uh, you know, to that DB room, which is what they need. There's nothing wrong with extra competition. That's what they need. The Chiefs added uh, Jarek McKinnon. He returned to the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. That happened earlier today. And, hey, stop the presses. Stop the presses, Ari. There's been a Lamar Jackson sighting at mandatory minicamp. He's there. He's not holding out. He's there. Not a big deal. I was actually recording a podcast this morning at 6.30, right? Uh, this six, No joke. 6.30 this morning. I was almost wrapping it up. I was just about to, you know, close out the, the show and the guy that I'm doing the show with, with Lee Sterling from uh, ParamountSports.com, we're doing the show together, and I'm wrapping it up, 
And all of a sudden I see in big red letters on the TV screen, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey found Lamar Jackson. So immediately my heart dropped because it's like, all I can think of is Marlon Humphrey found Lamar Jackson. What? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I read immediately. I was like, oh, no, something happened to Lamar. No, he found him at the facility. He walked in and found him at the facility. Terrible choice of words there. Terrible choice of words. I thought something terrible had happened to Lamar, and that was not the case. But he did show up. We all know that he needs a, a contract. He skipped voluntary workouts this offseason. Again, a key word there, voluntary. But he did say weeks ago that he was going to be in town for the mandatory minicamp. And that's exactly what he did. One guy who didn't show up, and I'll wrap up cover three with this, Commander's wide receiver Terry McLaurin. He's not at mandatory minicamp. He is holding out. He wants a contract, a long-term contract deal. He's skipping mandatory minicamp, and he could be fined up to $93,085 every day. $93,085, excuse me. I don't know about the change. But over $93,000 is a lot of money. He can get that fined every day for not showing up. Uh, so minicamp for them will kick off on Tuesday and run through Thursday. So that's what they say on Monday, Ari. That's what they say on morning, Monday. Not showing up. Mandatory minicamp. It starts tomorrow. $93,000 is a whole lot of money. So we'll see if he uh, shows up or not. 319 is the time. We'll come back, take your calls and text. Raiders offensive line is ranked 29th, according to Pro Football Focus. Can they make a run next season if their offensive line is bottom of the barrel like that bottom of the league as there's only a couple teams behind them the Pittsburgh Steelers the Bears and the Seattle Seahawks let us know about it 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line is 69187 keyword R&R this is Radio Nation Radio 920 I don't think it's a big deal at all he's going to always show up to minicamp he doesn't want to get fined nobody doesn't go to minicamp you don't go to minicamp per the collective bargaining agreement you will get fined and I think the maximum is like $88,000. No one's trying to just give a team eighty eight grand. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy, Q. Actually, it's up to $93,000. You miss all three days. All three days of missing mandatory minicamp, $93,000. And that's if Terry McLaurin misses as we talked about in cover three and that was Keyshawn Johnson bringing us back right there from Keyshawn J. Will and Max also heard on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN National of course uh, but we got coming up at 3.30 Chris Plank Sooner Radio Network a uh, good friend of, of mine uh, he does a heck of a job there in Oklahoma and also uh, is a big time Raider fan so I usually get to chime in with him you know once or, or twice a year just to get his thoughts on what the silver and black are doing what he wants the team to do, and I mean, like I said, he's he's does a fantastic job when it comes to, uh, you know, breaking down the team and all that good stuff. He, he's a good radio dude. He does Fox Sports National as well. Uh, he's just really, really, absolutely good at it. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that conversation, catching up with my good buddy Chris Plank. That'll come up in a few minutes here at 3:30. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Raiders' offensive line and the tier that Pro Football Focus put them in, put them in the sixth tier, and that was problematic that's what they called it problematic they have uh the, the starting five they have for this is i gotta pull it up again <laughs> right here boom colton miller left tackle denzel good left guard andre james center right guard dylan parham and right tackle ox leatherwood and i'm interested in that i think dylan parham's gonna compete with andre james for that center position but i i do realize with andre james he did improve throughout the course of the year at that center position. So I feel like he could be the leader in the clubhouse, but I think Dylan Parham's going to compete with him. 
And then when you go further than that, where does Parham slide in? At? Is it left guard or is it right guard? Does it Denzel Good? He might be Denzel Good might be the key to the whole thing because you, I feel pretty good about he's going to end up somewhere on that offensive line because he is he and he was when he was healthy really good and unfortunately for the Raiders and unfortunately for him went down after uh, during Week One last season against the Baltimore Ravens. That was that Monday Night Football game. So, just curious on how far they can go if they're offensive line is in fact rated one of the worst in the league because again they have so many weapons around the team that looks so good but you have to realize that you know in June June 13th this is not a finished product this team has to continue to develop and there's going to be holes and I don't think there's any team that is just rock solid top to bottom a perfect team there's always going to be holes there's always going to be issues with every team it's just some teams are able to hide it you know, and, and try to try to just scheme up around whatever issues they have. If they're not very good running the ball, then they have to, uh, you know, incorporate a short passing game, and maybe that makes up for their running game. Like the Chiefs hardly run the ball at all, right? It's like Andy Reid is like, that's his kryptonite. Like, he does not want to run the ball. It's like, no, don't do it. I can't run the rock. For some reason, he's got guys that can run the ball, and it's almost like he doesn't want to run the ball. It's weird. But there's, there's every team has their 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 weaknesses, and every team has to figure out how to scheme up, you know, to, to kind of disguise and hide their weaknesses. So if the Raiders are, in fact, one of the lower-ranked offensive line teams, how far can this team go? Can they make a deep run? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. Did you just hang up on Wanda Smasher? Did Ari, did you just, do you know? Who I had to get the one in that did I was you know? Do you know who Juan the Smasher is? Do you realize who Juan the Smasher is? His name is Juan the Smasher for a reason. Uh-oh. Call us back, please. Oh, he's going to call you back, but you're going to have to hear about it. Look, this is a guy. Wanda Smasher is a guy who said Tom Brady can't have tamales at his house. I mean, that's serious. He said he cannot have tamales at his house. Wanda's going to get on you. Wanda's a Las Vegas guy, too, Ari. You are in. Ari, Ari thinks I'm playing. Wanda's going to call back. See that poster in the back of the, of the, the studio right here? Ari's like, no, I'm trying to get your guest on. Hey, uh, that our poster right there, Juan the Smasher and his kids made that. I, I got to tell you something funny. I think you misread it. It was Ivan. Oh. <laughs> but I wanted you to do that for a while. Okay, never mind. Joke's on me. Sorry, Ivan. <laughs> that was probably ABA Ivan Davis you hung up on then. Good one. Good one. All right, well, we're going to get our guy. Sorry, ABA Ivan Davis. That was, uh, that was Ari who hung up on you, so you'll have to call back. But don't call back just yet because... We do have Chris Plank joining us in a matter of seconds. I'm excited to talk to him. As a matter of fact, Ari did not hang up on him. We actually have him from the Sooner Radio Network on Twitter at Plank Show. Also, Fox Sports Nationally does. And Chris, hey, man, it's been a minute. How you doing? Q, I'm good. Raider Nation, let's go, baby. Big season, <laughs> big offseason coming up. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm fired up. Hey, no problem, man. I was telling everyone how excited I am to talk to you. We usually catch up a couple times a year for sure, and it's been a minute, so yeah. I'm glad to, uh, to to reconnect with you. And before we get into any Raider talk, man, how about Oklahoma? How about the Sooners? Patty wins natties. That's all she does. And now the Oklahoma Sooner baseball team is back in the, in the College World Series. How great is things in Oklahoma right now? Yeah, it's been great, and uh, we got a big offensive lineman out of Vegas. It's coming in and might start as a freshman this year for the OU football team. So it's been great, Q. You know, and, um, in my 9-to-5, I'm the play-by-play voice of OU softball. You know, I travel with them everywhere they go from the start of the season until 
the championship in. And uh, it's a pretty wild ride, man. It's a fast-growing sport. I hope everyone had a chance to watch it. You know, they didn't quite have the numbers this year that they did, that they did last year, ratings-wise. But uh, they're a blast, and I got to watch the greatest hitter in college softball history in Jocelyn Hollow. So it's been fun. Look at baseball. So been a good run, a good time to be a Sooner. Yeah, no, it really has. And, and, and Jocelyn is fantastic, Chris. I mean, man, watching her hit the ball, it's almost like it's not fair. Like, you know what's going to happen when she makes contact. And nine times out of ten, it's a good thing. Yeah, and look, she almost hit 500. I mean, I think she did finish hitting 500 for wow. the season. So, you know, it's not just the 122 career bombs, you know, every year over 30 home runs. Um, it's that she is she's legit, man, when it comes to being a true hitter. Uh, I just saw that she made her uh, announcement that she's going to play for, what is it, WPF, so that's a nice. big deal. But yep. yeah, she, she was, she's really special, man. It's, 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 it, it was well worth the price of admission, and this sport continues to grow, and I just think it's got a great future ahead of it. I do, too. I do, too. And, and it's so funny because, and I tell everyone all the time, that me and you, we finally met in person at Baylor softball. You were calling OU softball, and I was there, remember? And that's that's how we even met, and we had the Raider connection, obviously. Yeah. So uh, that's really cool. But, Chris, we wanna, I want to get you on here to talk some Raiders, man. I know you're a big uh, big yeah. Raider fan. Uh, you, you bleed the silver and black just like Raider Nation. What have you thought about the offseason so far under this new regime? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, and, I mean, this is, if, if it's not Oklahoma, my passion is Raider football, and it's really weird whenever you have what is usually a set of, uh, of media and talking heads that take every opportunity they can to kind of dump all over and mess all over this franchise. I, I never really understood it. Maybe I'm a little bit biased as a fan, but... Um, it's it, and there's listen. There's a lot of fanboys that cover the Chiefs and the Broncos, so they're going to get their little digs in while they can, and especially you know both of the Charger fans. But I'm here to tell you right now, it seems so weird to have an off season when things nice things are being said about your team. I don't really know how to handle it, right? <laughs> and every move is a move that makes sense. You know, would I would I love to see? Uh, maybe a fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs, sure. But then I also realized, man, I liked what I saw from Zier White in college. And, you know, Brandon Bowden comes in knowing this offense from New England and can be a help on that front. Um, would I like to see them, you know, maybe uh, maybe be able to extend Waller? Sure. Is that coming? Possibly. But what did they do? They made the, one of the biggest splashes in going and getting Devontae Adams. Uh, they secured their slot receiver. They secured their quarterback, which is one of the most polarizing moves, I think, in Raider Nation. And then they go out and not a lot of free agency on the defense. That's Jones. And it looks as if that's been a bromance that's been a fit from day one and is a perfect fit in Patrick Graham's defense. Oh, oh by the way, I mentioned Patrick Graham. There's a guy that almost got the Vikings job as their head coach. Mm-hmm. And he's our defensive coordinator this year. So... Just, everything seems to be falling into place. The biggest concern, of course, is how deep the AFC West has been and how challenging that's going to be with you know two games against a, a Chargers team that now has Khalil Mack, two games against Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and the Chiefs have always been a problem. But uh, I'll tell you something. It's, it's been a cloud nine off season for Raider fans. And you know, I added uh, the, 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 the would you have liked to kind of category. Would it have been cool to have a first-round pick when the draft was in Vegas or a second-round pick? Yeah, but... 
every time that rolled around, and I'm a big draft nerd, Q, as you know, I would just go watch Devontae Adams highlights, and I'd feel <laughs> a little bit better about things. So it's been an A-plus-plus offseason, and it's kind of a fun thing to see. It's okay to have people say nice things about you. It really is. It really is. It's been a lot of fun around here as well, just kind of seeing how this new regime is putting together this this team to make a 90-man roster with, obviously, the goal to make the ultimate 53-man roster once training camp is wrapped up. And, again, we're talking with Chris Plank here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We were talking about the offensive line before you came on because Pro Football Focus has them ranked as the 29th offensive line. So, obviously, that's not very good. How concerned are you about the offensive line this upcoming season, and do you have any idea of who you think the starting five is going to be? Well, I mean, with Colton Miller, when he was drafted out of UCLA, I won't lie to you, I, I was kind of surprised. I did not think that he would be a guy um, that would be the dude, and he's become that guy, and it's great to see, right? He was a bit of a project for all of Tom Cable's shortfalling. So he did a really good job of developing Colton Miller. That about ends my confidence on the offensive line right mm-hmm. now. I mean, it, it, it really, truly does. Right. As John Simpson's shown the, uh, the ability to be an, an every-down kind of a guy for them, I'd like to see him get more of a chance. You know, is Leatherwood a tackle or a guard? We know now that he's working back to tackle, but that was a disaster, especially when you consider the edge rushers you're dealing with. And, you know, I thought, I thought Andre James did a really nice job in that center position, but... In the same vein, Q, you know, this is a whole new mindset. This is a whole new kind of offensive line approach. So I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical, to be honest with you, but I like to pick apart him. I liked him whenever I watched him out of Memphis. You know, I, I know that whenever you're still a free agent, people don't get too terribly excited about your possibilities. But I watched Darrell Williams play uh, at Oklahoma for four seasons. You know, I followed his career. He was on the verge of being a breakout star uh, on the offensive line and suffered a tough injury uh, and has bounced around a bit. But, you know, I wouldn't complain at all if they went out and brought him in to help add to that depth on the offensive line. And maybe if Alex Leatherwood is struggling, he can be your guy at right tackle. But, you know, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm so intrigued by how these competitions are going to play out camps as you get into summer workouts, into – the, the, the preseason practice, I, I say fall practices because my mind is always about college football. Too. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I just, I think there's, an, there's you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Brandon Parker guy. <laughs> Excuse me, I never have been. Right. But he, he held up okay. You know, he, he held up. I think you have to be more than okay to reach the goals that the Raiders want to achieve. But if I'm sitting here right now, I mean, I've got to assume that Alex Leatherwood can get it done at tackle. I mean, you have to. You spent a first-round pick on him two years ago. So you got Miller at tackle. You got Leatherwood at tackle. You know, I think John Simpson's got a chance to be a guy. Uh, and then maybe Parham at the other guard with giving James a chance at center. But to me, I think that's going to be a well of a competition cue between between Parham and James if they battle there at that center position. Because I don't think anything's going to be given to given to Andre James right now. No, I agree. I agree. And, and like you said, I mean, there's only one spot that I think is solidified on that offensive line that we know for sure. That's Colton Miller at the left tackle position. We know he's the guy, but everyone else is going to have to earn their spot. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Again, we're talking right. with Chris Plank here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, we were talking about, and I brought it up, about the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times last year and still ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Now, they lost, but they made it to the Super Bowl. So there's ways to scheme it up if your offensive line isn't top-notch, but that's just less than ideal for your quarterback. 
Yeah, and, and I think, too, um, and maybe this is just a me thing, I don't think it was a failure when the Raiders invested in their offensive line. I don't. I just think that, you know, Trent Brown being unable to stay healthy was mm-hmm. a big problem. I thought Rodney Hudson was really good. I thought Jackson was really good. And, I listen, I completely understand the decision this last off to say, okay, we're moving on from Hudson, we're moving on from – and I didn't even want to deal with Trent Brown trying to stay healthy, and he struggled staying healthy in New England. But I mean, I don't look at that as a, a failure. You know, I, I think it's some nice things, but I do think there's a balance, right? It seemed like they put all their ducks into the offensive line, and you're counting on five dudes being healthy an entire season, and it didn't happen. Um, I think some people underestimate the mobility of Derek Carr. Um, I always have. I've been a big Carr supporter. I know that automatically. Uh, Lynn's the half your audience saying, forget this guy, but you know, hear me out. <laughs> I think he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for or um, have consistently talked about him. With. And, you know, John Gruden, for even his shortcomings, he did a good job of challenging him to use his feet more. So um, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Uh, but I think there's a good balance. I think you see the Raiders are saying, okay, let's, let's shore up our weapons. Let's get our quarterback, receiver, uh, and, and, you know, we'll see tight end. And let's get these guys taken care of. But I think as time progresses, you're going to see a commitment to, you know, making sure Colt Miller's contract is is competitive. And if Leatherwood becomes more than just a guy, he becomes a dude at right tackle, then look out. You know, you've got your cornerstones for a while. But I hear what you're saying. I completely understand. But I just I think there's a better balance. And the Bengals, you know, it's funny you bring that up because they did invest in their offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. They blew it draft in the center. Uh, they, they, they struggled with injuries when they drafted a kid out of Alabama. But, you know, even with Cummings, they did enough to put the Bengals in a position to go to the Super Bowl. So I hear what you're saying. I agree with it. But I just, I like a little balance. I, don't, I wouldn't mind having stalwarts to tackle. I agree. No, I, and I think that that's an area that they need to, uh, you know, go ahead and, and invest a little bit more in. You mentioned Daryl Williams. I would have no problem with them bringing him in as a free agent, yeah. at least competing during training camp. Now, Chris, how about Hunter Renfro? He he signed and sealed his uh, deal on Friday, got a two-year extension, basically giving him three years uh, t- total on his deal. Uh, what do you think about Renfro yeah. and the possibilities of how good he could be in this Josh McDaniels-led offense? Yeah, I love it. You know, visions of Julian Edelman and Wes Bunker but Raiders have already had those visions with Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's already at, a, and again, I'm not trying to get carried away here, but he's already at an elite route-running level. Now it's, okay, what does Josh McDaniels do different, right? How are we going to I'm not going to lie to you. I saw that, and, you know, Derek Carr had joked in a tweet that said, no, that's, that's Hunter's money. Mm-hmm. But I, I still hope there's Darren Waller money out there, too. I hope, and I like Foster Moreau a lot. Um, I, I, I know historically New England had invested in tight ends, right? Drafted a lot of guys. But I really, I, and they, but they pay tight ends, too. So I, I hope that there's a Darren Waller. Uh, but, yeah, getting back to Renfro, I just love it. I love the move. Uh, I don't want to imagine having to defend him. And there's other teams when you look at well, every team, you look at it like, man, if Hunter Renfro, I would not want to mess with him as a, as a chief or as a, uh, as a Ram or just going down kind of the list of brilliant offensive minds. So I was really happy to see that that was first moves, right? It's one of the first moves right. that this organization made. I mean, it's just they, they cut a few guys. 
got rid of some salary cap. I was among those that thought Corey Littleton was going to be a defensive stalwart and a difference maker for the Raiders, and it just never worked. Never worked. Um, I loved Yannick Ngakwe and the attitude he brought, but listen, it, 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 it wasn't going to work under someone other than Gus Bradley, and I like the Rocky Sin acquisition. So you start thinking about it. These moves that they're making are magnifying that they're they're valuing some of the dudes that we valued as fans, and I think that's a really cool thing to see because I don't necessarily know if that's been the case with names like Khalil Mack. Hell, I can even go back to C.O. Moore, where they just they never really got that investment that you wanted to see a guy uh, be given. Right, no, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Chris Plank here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Final question for you, Chris. Uh, you talked about some of the guys on defense. Uh, Jonathan Abram is always a question for me, and not because I don't like him. It's because I just don't know how he fits in this system. It looked like he had a good fit in Gus Bradley's scheme, you know, up by the line of scrimmage, playing that Cam Chancellor yeah. role. How do you think Patrick Graham goes about using Jonathan Abram to get the most out of him? I, it's a great question, and I think, you know, I, I think I was reading um, – I think I was reading, uh, Mo had an article about it, or, or maybe I heard you talking about it, Q, on uh, the, the uh, Locked on Raiders podcast. But I think he's one of the five most intriguing storylines, if not the most, heading in to this um, offseason slash, I guess we're already in preseason conversation. <laughs> because, right. Q, I, I love everything about Abram, man. I love it. I, I, I love his personality. I love his attitude. Um, he's got Raider written all over him, but you know he's got to stay healthy. Number one, that's that's been a, a struggle for him. And number two, I just I've got to see how he can improve in coverage. And again, I'm still studying Patrick Graham's scheme. I got a lot of reading to do uh, to know how these guys are going to be used. But I think he's got a chance to really play a special role. But can he cover? And will he be asked to do that? Right? You see. You see what Devine did this year, and I know that's different positions, but mm-hmm. maybe that helps kind of lessen that responsibility a little bit with the Jonathan Abram. But here's the thing is I, I root, right? We're supposed to be meeting, but I root for guys. I want to see guys do well. I, I want to see Khalil Mack be great uh, 15 games a year. I want two <laughs> games him to be terrible, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, I, right, right. I, I, I want to see Jonathan Abram be great. I really do. He's, he's a fun guy. He talks Mac and you know he just really seems to kind of have that Al Davis would love him kind of mindset right mm-hmm. when I watched John I'm like Al Davis would love this dude but you got to produce and none of those three guys have got their fifth year option picked up it doesn't mean they're done I know you know they're working Clee a little bit inside and I think that's going to be a fun thing to keep an eye on but man I root I root like crazy for Jonathan Abram because I want to see it work out for him in the silver and black I think he's got He's got a chance to be special. Just got to see him stay on the field to produce. Yeah, that's what it's all about, staying healthy. The uh, best ability is availability and, and just trusting what he's seeing out there. I, he's a hell of an athlete. He wouldn't be in the NFL if he wasn't. He can get it done. He's just got to trust what his eyes see and what his head knows. You know, So that's what it's going to be all about, and that's going to be intriguing to watch during training camp, how Patrick Graham uses him and how he gets the most out of him. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. It's always great to catch up with you. Uh, I know you got a busy schedule and everything that you're working on, but I do appreciate you taking some time out for us today. Q, you're the man. Raider Nation for life, baby. Call anytime. All right, will do. There he goes. Chris Plank, thank you so much from the Sooner Radio Network. Definitely appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter, at Plank Show. Does a fantastic job, as he mentioned. Uh, does does the play-by-play for the, the uh, OU softball team that is a national champion again. 
It's what they do. They just win championships. Uh, one of the one of the guys, one of the beat writers there in Oklahoma, uh, they have a Twitter account that they always put out, and they say, uh, "Natty's for Patty," because <laughs> that's all she wins is national titles. And then, of course, you know, you got Natty's, and you're talking about Natty Light, and it's pretty funny. So Ari's like, "I didn't understand that that funny joke." Ari doesn't appreciate my the humor. <laughs> He's like, "I'm still trying to figure out this thing that's over here." Me. You call the phone. What are you doing over there? I'm over here learning. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, I will do that. 346 is the time. Th- many thanks to Chris Blank for joining us there in the segment. If you want to uh, get your thoughts onto the show, definitely hit us up at 702-365-9200. Make this guy work. Ari's not working hard enough. He's kind of cruise- cruising along, just chilling. Got to get this guy busy, man. What are your thoughts on the Raiders' offensive line? Pro Football Focus has him at 29th. Do you think that... They can still make a deep run if they, in, in fact, are around that area when it comes to the offensive line and, and where they rank in the rest of the league. Let us know about it, 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I don't know, I'm all for this uh, cross-training type thing and you know, getting getting guys familiar with different roles around this radio station. But Ari, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, homeboy. I don't know about you. What are you? First of all, you're eating. We're on the radio. What are you doing here? What am I eating? I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. But you were chewing something. <laughs> I don't know. Look like a damn about. horse over there, man. What are you doing? All right. I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Trying to get this TV going. Okay. This is this is what Ari's done so far in the hour and fifty one minutes that he's been on the show. He's broke the TV and broke the phones and hung up on ABA Ivan Davis. All in an hour and 51 minutes. Pretty good. Making my mark. Clearly. And the thing about it is, that wouldn't be bad if this was Ari's first day in the building. But Ari's been here. How long you been here now? Uh, I'm here 10 years, but <laughs> <laughs> the last time I was in the studio, it was not Raider Nation Radio. I understand. A lot of buttons have changed. A lot of things have been upgraded. Thank you, Lotus Broadcasting. But yeah, I'm very confused. This I'm has been upgraded? Yeah, Q. This is an upgrade. <laughs> Wait, I mean, because this is Look around. No, I am. <laughs> this used to be a promotions closet. Yeah, okay. I'm spilling all the tea. Yeah, no, no, so, that's fine. That's so fine. Because I know that <laughs> our studio, that's why I'm asking. This is an upgrade? And I don't mean to, you know, throw all our business in the street, but come on. Yeah, there's some changes. I got to get used to them. So that's on me, everyone. I'm so sorry. So we so walked sorry. in here <laughs> in the studio. No joke, Raider Nation. Walked into the studio. Bobby, who was on with Harry Ruiz, was watching South Park. Bobby is the oldest kid I'll ever meet. Like, he loves him some Good dude. Bobby's a great dude. Love him to death. He always is watching cartoons. So I tell Ari at the top of the show, hey, man, go on throw it on ESPN. That was at two. And you know what it said ever since then? What does it say on the screen right now? No signal. It said no signal for the last hour and 54 minutes. I got my priorities straight, all right? I'm trying to get the show going. I don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I just want the TV on. Something that I can see besides no signal. Someone call in to distract Q. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. Why are I'm we? I'm a st- radio guy. Not I know, TV. but I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying we have to have a TV here. There could be some breaking news that is happening that I don't, I can't see, and I got to rely on Twitter. I'm gonna write an email to IT while you finish <laughs> the show. Well, I know that's not gonna get answered for about a month. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, IT is very busy. Speaking of, I saw that my man had to actually, he was watering plants earlier today. Oof. He told me, hey, man, I got, I got to water the plants around here, too. I could probably do that better than this. <laughs> I mean, 
This is just Anyone basic. This is with me. this is just basic knowledge of how to fix a TV. I know you have two remote controls. He showed me two remote controls. No, 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 I'm saying you got. The, it's so easy. Show me. It's it's got to be. Man can do it. It's it's. I mean, show seriously. Me. Like all you have to do is find the outlet. You know the output. HDMI one, two, three, whatever the case may be. What do you have it on right now? You gotta have. You have me actually trying to do this on the radio yeah, and talk at the same time. I'm gonna try to do it. Media. Show me up. Show me up. I'm oh, about no. to. Okay, that's not it. That's picture. Jeez. <laughs> How many radio dudes does it take to yep. figure out HDMI one? If this pops on right now, Ari, I'm going to throw this remote. No, in you're going to be happy because the TV will be rocking. There you go. Look, at that. <laughs> Look how easy that Teamwork was. Teamwork, make the dream work. Look how easy that was, Ari. It took you an hour and fifty two minutes to decide I, to hand me the remote, and then I get the TV on just I like that. Answer the phone. Unbelievable. Where do we get these guys from? I'm just so confused. He was going at this for an hour and 51 minutes to try to figure out how to get the TV on. And it took me 10 seconds while I'm talking to turn this thing on. Jeez. Hung up on ABA Ivan Davis. I don't know, man. I might have to call. We might have to call ESPN Las Vegas. I might have to make a call to the bullpen, man. I might have to call DeMond back, man. All right. <laughs> Who we got up, man? Who we got up? I don't know. You still want to? Do you want the monitor or you want me to? I'm gonna. Hey, look, man. We got. This is awesome, actually. Raider Rock, all the way from Seoul, Seoul, Korea. Oh, that's my guy, Raider Rock. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? Um, just wanted to catch up with you. Thank you for keeping it interesting during this boring season. Um, wanted to just share with you, you know, you know how you've, you've gotten your dream gig. I, I just wanted to share that I've kind of gotten mine as well. Nice. Um, yeah, cause, uh, I, I'm a attorney. Ooh. I don't know if you, if you knew that, but, but here in Seoul, Korea, uh, I joined a, a company that, that, that's quite well known. Uh, it starts with N and rhymes with, uh, Nike. Nice. <laughs> you you signed yeah. with Nike? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, so, that's all I wear, yeah, homeboy. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. So you know, I I grew up uh, uh, in LA, as you know. I, I shared with you, but when yeah. I first joined, the, uh, when I first went to the US, my mom packed a lot of uh, Korean shoes, which were you know they're cool, but they weren't. Yeah, they weren't. They were Nike in the US, right? So, right. So I was a little kid, so she bought a whole bunch of shoes so that I could grow into them. So it took me about a year and a half before I outgrew all of my shoes. And the very first uh, shoes I bought in the U.S., you know, of my own will was the uh, Nike, you know, blue suede jogger, the, the waffle shoes, you know, with the yellow. And this was uh, a against trend in my neighborhood, you know, because kids were wearing, you know, Adidas and, and uh, K-Swiss and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, so I know when I first bought my uh, Nike, it was 1981. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's taking it back, brother. And, and here and here I am working, you know, working for a great company, loving sports. All of my team, you know, the Raiders are a part of the group, you know, Liverpool Football Club, Lakers, Dodgers. So, so I'm happy as a little bug. So I just wanted to share with you that, you know, 
Uh, you, you, you you took steps to get to your dream gig, and I, I, I took steps, and I feel like I, I landed on my dream gig as well. So. Hey, man. share that with you. Yes. Hey, thank you for passing that on, man. Great information. I'm just going to throw it out there because you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. I wear a size 13 shoe. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, dog. I wear a size 13, uh, brother. <laughs> all right. If I make it to Las Vegas, uh, I may have a pair of Jordans for you. I got Please. you, my man. Hey, I appreciate it. Congratulations, though, really. Just, just messing with you. But, hey, congratulations. That's awesome to hear. Thanks for so much for chiming in with us. Thank you. All right, there he goes, my guy. That's Rock, Raider Rock, Seoul Korea, a proud member of Nike now. That's right. I'm telling you, Ari, real talk. Nike shoes, Nike socks, Nike shorts, Nike shirts. If it ain't got a check on it, I don't want it. Tell you straight up, I don't want it. If it ain't got that symbol on it, I don't want it. 359 is the time. Many thanks to Raider Rock. We appreciate you. 702-365-9200. You want to chime in on the show like Raider Rock did, you can definitely do that. If you're ABA Ivan Davis and you got hung up on by Ari, he apologizes. I do. You can call back and we'll get you on the show as well. We appreciate you. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.